welcome to the Starry-Eyed Podcast. My name is Brendan. And I'm Jen. On this show, we chat about all things Williams Syndrome. The ups and downs and what it's like living with. And being a parent to someone with. Williams Syndrome. We're excited to share our community with you. Thanks for being here. Tara couldn't be. Yeah, hi, Bennett. Bennett's just, hey, you, you know, the, Bennett doesn't get on the podcast very much, actually. I usually we got to get him on the podcast. Yeah. So, um, but we normally, we, I was going to say, unfortunately, we don't have Tara. And Tara's great. Uh, yeah, Tara. Mom, this year. But we got Gerald and uh, Pascal on this week. Yeah. And boy, were they amazing. Yeah. I thought Gerald um, and Pascal were great. They had so much to contribute, and um, Pascal is just, she's such a great ball of energy. She's, I have not met Tara, which I don't know why, after we were talking about this, because I feel like I like her and know her. We would be friends. Um, But Pascal is, you can just tell her parents have poured love and resources into her, and it is absolutely paying off. So this was a, this was a good podcast Real, real quick before we jump into the interviews. Also, technically, you two. I mean, by the time the next episode airs after this one, it will be one year that we've uh, been putting out these podcasts. It's always great to just thank everybody, thank the listeners, thank yeah, everyone, thank everyone who comes. Yes. and thank you guys for letting me be a part of this. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming in as you the. Are the- you are the main you're the main part of it thank you for letting me be a part of it it's filled yeah. my bucket every day and um no, i'm it's... happy to share these stories these the the people who have williams syndrome you know we we do a lot to support them but a lot of times we don't get to highlight how that support helps them and hear those journeys. And I have learned so much just from meeting all the different individuals with Williams syndrome. And um, there's a lot of similarities, but there's also like a lot of unique qualities that each person possesses. Like everyone is like a special little nugget that I find. And I've grown my friendship network substantially. And a big shout out to Stephanie for, you know, Yes. Thinking of this idea for the inception of this idea, you know, yep. even though she's not, you know, part of this anymore. Thank you so much, Steph. We love you and we wish you all the best. Yep. This yep. all this all started with just a conversation about how do we how do we have adults with Williams syndrome be able to share their experiences a little bit more and and yep. a year later here we are. Um and we put out about 30 really uh 30 episodes that i i am unbelievably proud to be a part of anyway that's that's for the upcoming episode yes that's uh, for the upcoming episode i love you guys this, I episode, go. this episode we got uh gerald and pascal and it was amazing and and they're they're just uh tremendous people so yes and february is black history month so it was great to have this father-daughter duo on because mom couldn't make it, but um, they share a lot of great points about what it means to be a person with a disability and also a person of color. Okay, bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, uh, 
Good morning, Ger Gerald, and good morning, Pascal. How are you guys? We are doing great. Yeah. Uh, how, how are you doing, Brendan? I'm doing well. Well, alrighty. Um, so for those that don't know who you guys are, um, why don't you uh, introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about yourself and what you guys do? You want to start? Yep. My name is Pascal Montplaisir. Um, I'm technically still in high school, and I plan to go to a transition program at George Mason University. That's called the Mason Life Program. It's um, for people with learning disabilities. And I went on a tour there um, a few months ago. It was a very great experience for me. Awesome. Mm, that's awesome. So my name is Jeremy Plazier. Um, Pascal and I, we live in Baltimore, Maryland, which is very nice today. <laughs> it's snowing a lot. So Pascal has um, William. We found out when she was about um, and she was in kindergarten, so about six, um, six years old. Yeah. So um, just living life and trying to enjoy life in Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. Ah. I love Baltimore. Um, so interesting. So Pascal, you were diagnosed with Williams syndrome at like five or six? Yes. Okay. That is very similar to Stella. Stella wasn't diagnosed until she was five. Um, maybe you and your dad could share how that came about. So, well, Pascal probably doesn't remember. <laughs> I don't remember, Jack. So, um, you know, a as a child, um, had issues eating, had issues, um, you know, being small, um, all kinds of um, medical issues, um, doing some of the programs sponsored by the, um, I guess, by the county um, start program. Just and we were and we're in Baltimore, so we have some of the best medical people around in the country. And we went to everybody seeing a genet geneticist, and we were doing all these different genetic testing to, um, to figure out what happened. And finally, we went to a cardiologist, um, and the cardiologist is the one um, that said, "Oh, there's a marker. You probably should get tested for Williams." And that's how we found out. So we went for testing. I think we did the fish um, test. Yes. And um, it came back that she had um, Williams. The geneticist was, did not um, see it in Pascal, even though she had a lot of the features of Williams. But the characteristics, just, yeah. The characteristic, yes. So they didn't, they didn't like initially think that she had it? Um, not, they didn't think to look for it. It's not that oh. she had it. Um, so when we came back to see the geneticist, she was, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't see that You're one. Surprised. You're like, we're surprised. back. Yes. Yeah. And so you suspected that it was Williams syndrome because a cardiologist heard something? The, the cardiologist, yes. Um, okay. I guess people with Williams um, have a certain, I don't know anything about cardiology, but they have a certain sound or, or murmur. Yeah. Um, yeah. Certain murmur. And okay. And she was familiar with it. She said, you should get tested for that. That's yeah. so they specifically said you need to get tested for Williams syndrome. Yes. Fascinating. Um, so have you always lived in Baltimore, Pascal? Yes. I okay. have always lived in uh, Baltimore. Yeah. It's so wonderful. Um, I, I enjoyed my time there in Baltimore. So Pascal, do you have siblings? I have two siblings. Okay. 
And what are their ages? Um, one is 35 and one is 20, turning 21 soon. Okay. So you're the baby. Yes. You're the baby. Okay. And you said, you said you're 18 now? Um, yes, I'm turning 19 on February 21st. Oh, exciting. Oh, Happy birthday. So Thank you. Brendan, you're going to have to do the hearts. Can you do them? Brendan can, like, do hearts on his screen. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. He can make hearts on his screen for you. Those are our happy birthday hearts for you. Um, so, well, tell us about, like, growing up um, in Baltimore County. Tell us about how it was growing up with a disability. Like, were there a lot of kids at your school that had disability or, or now that there are? So when I started at elementary school, there was, there were not like general area people who had um, a disability. I'm not sure if I was the only one there who had a disability, but I had um, trouble, difficulty with learning at that um, certain school because it was a public school and they would have 30 people or more people in the class and it was not like a six to one ratio um so then we figured out that I going to Pikesville Middle and High School were not the best options for me because they wouldn't have like the supports that I would need so then Baltimore County decided to let me go to Baltimore Law School which is um a school for people with dyslexia, ADHD, and other learning disabilities. That is a very good school to go to. It has taught me a lot about like how people with learning disabilities are learning and how we're educated a little bit differently than normal people. Yeah. Is that a public school or a private school? Um, it's a private school. Um, okay. In Baltimore City. <laughs> Private, oh, okay, in Baltimore, so you gotta mm. check into Baltimore City. They say learning differences. So that, that, that's what I meant. That, <laughs> that, that's what I meant. Right. Yeah. People with um, dyslexia, um, ADHD. That's, and that's so and, and the ratio is excellent. It's, is it? Uh, the ratio in the classroom is five to one, six to one. So yeah. what grade were you when you went there? Um, I started in sixth grade, and in the middle of sixth grade, I got diagnosed with juvenile arthritis in like maybe December. Mm -hmm. I've never heard of that. What is that? It is like a it's a disease where like your um certain parts of your body like really tighten up and there's fluid in the certain part area of where um so she has um her knee gets inflamed and every now and then she has to go in and get fluid taken out of her knee. So and it's just yeah. in your knee. Yeah. Um it's mainly in my it's only in my kneecaps, but then sometimes there are flare ups where it shows out out of the blue and sometimes legs get really like tight and swollen and sometimes the arms will too. Yeah, so you found that out right around the time that you went in sixth grade in Baltimore Middle School? Yes. Yeah, so, okay. You know, Stella got diagnosed at five, so I feel like I'm still learning a lot about Williams Syndrome and how to, like, support medical professionals or educational professionals. And one of the things that I have started to learn, like, in education, hi, hang on, um, is that, like, it's easier for me instead of saying 
I mean, obviously like the educational professionals know Stella has Williams syndrome, but I like some of those learning disabilities. I'm like, Stella learns like a person who has dyslexia. She learns like a person who oh, has yeah. dysgraphia. She was a person who um, learns, you know, like she has dyscalculia. So it, it's interesting because once I started like shifting some of that like language, they were like, oh, okay, we don't know how to teach somebody with Williams syndrome, but we definitely know how to teach somebody who has um, dyslexia. And it's, I, I'd be interested to hear how the school has been going for you because I've noticed a big shift just for Stella in a public school setting. Yeah. So I can't imagine if it was like specialized, how amazing your education has been. My education has been really well at Baltimore Wild School. Like, um, as I said before, I'm learning I'm I'm learning and I'm able to do the work and homework easier than I would have if I went to um Pikesville Mellon High School because I um at Baltimore Labs there there are two both there's two different lab schools. There's one in DC. DC was the main one and then they branched out to Baltimore. So like the learning is really easy at Baltimore Lab School. Easier or e easy? Easy. Easy. Like easier. Okay. Easier. Not not like easy, but easier. She's like, I'm just bored. I'm going to school. So boring. Uh, so now what grade are you in? Are you fit? Are you see a senior? Yes. You were saying that you're getting ready to graduate soon and transition. For those who don't know anything about that, tell tell our audience like what does it mean to transition out of high school and what do you do? after that for me i um i applied to di two different transition programs one called maryland terps exceed i haven't heard back from them and george mason university what it basically means is that you're going you're going to classes that are like based um that so you go to a university a regular university yes a regular university and you're taking classes that are a little bit easier than college course classes. Isn't that right? Well, um, they are preparing you um, for life versus yeah. um, versus getting a college degree. I think Clemson has, uh, Clemson University has some a similar something. Yes, program. there's a lot of different programs around the country. We visited um, Syracuse University. So, mm -hmm. um, but, and that, that's a big one. So they are a lot. Yeah. And Pascal also did, went to Beacon College over the summer, summer um, just to see if that would, that would have been a good fit. Um, they have a great research program. And I don't know if you know about Beacon College. Um, oh. It's, it's in Florida um, and it specialized with students with learning um, differences. Mm -hmm. And that's a, um, college degree um, seeking proper yeah uh, but it just did not work for us so we decided let's look at different options and Pascal ever since she's young she's always said I want to go to college so she'll get the full college experience yeah. freshman through senior um, so oh my yeah. gosh that's yeah and that's amazing I, I am hearing so I mean it feels a little bit early but they're already starting to talk to us about what like life looks like for Stella after school. And so I'm hearing like, there's all these different college programs out there. I definitely am like Stella's going to college, but there's some 
that are like, um, you know, like you get the campus experience, but maybe you're not going to the classes. And I think maybe Clemson is like that. I'm not sure hundred percent, but then there's like variety of different offerings, right? Some do like a hybrid where you're doing like a couple classes and you're getting the campus experience, but then there's some that it is like more of a traditional college setting. So I, I love the idea of talking to, we probably don't on this podcast, we haven't talked about transition enough, but there's, for those that are listening, there are tons of information on our website about transitions. Um, there's a transition support group that we have um, every month that talks about the things that you need to get ready for transition. And then, yeah, we need to like talk about this whole college thing because there's a bevy of options. I, Pascal, I feel like you're going to love college. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great experience for you, for sure. Are you excited? Yes, I have been really excited ever since like I went to Beacon College. I learned that I couldn't go. I learned after that that they recommended me for me to go to a transition program because I could not keep up. Beacon? No, you got accepted to Beacon. So she did get accepted to Beacon yes, College. I did, but then they wanted me to do a provisional. Like... Yes, accepted provisionally. But we decided that that's probably not the best fit. So yeah. So is George Mason Mason close to you? Yes. Um. It's in. It's about an hour and a half away or two hours. It's in Fairfax County, Northern okay. Virginia. Northern Virginia. Yeah. And you live on campus. Yes. Are you ready for that? Are you ready? Uh, I mean, I, I guess so. <laughs> You're like I mean, I'm gonna be. So yeah. this, you go in the fall. Yes, in the fall. Yes. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's amazing. I'm so excited for you. So what are you most looking forward to going to college and living by yourself? And um, I'm looking forward to having more independence and making like friends from the um Mason Life program and um, getting to hang out with some people on the weekends mm -hmm. um, since there's nothing scheduled on the weekends you know like going to games or something like that is that what you like what do you like to do in your free time now sometimes I like to watch um, cat videos sometimes I watch like cat videos on like uh, how they're angry at the vet because I'm um, I recently started an internship at the Maryland SBCA, which is um, a shelter okay. that um, works with Baltimore County. Yeah, um, it's very interesting. I started on last last Thursday, which was very interesting. And you're working like, what have you done so far there? I have done laundry and cleaning like different things in the um, like sink and stuff like that. But I'm, originally I'm trained to do cat cuddler, cat cuddling, but there's not a lot of cats there yet. Okay. Cat cuddler, that sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. And one, one thing about the college, the senior year, yeah. they do internship in the afternoons. Okay. Um, three days a week. Yes. Um, so that's... Yeah. So yeah, what is your goal? Like, are you, what do you want to do like after college? And do you want to be a professional cat cuddler? Because again, that sounds great. I um actually would like to like work at a cat cafe maybe. 
Okay. Or a shelter and then eventually open a cat cafe business and like slash like um cat cafe on one side and then like a rest um a cafe on the other side connected so that I can have it connected and uh So you want to be an entrepreneur. That's cool. I love yeah. that. So ever since she's been a kid, um she was a kid. I'm gonna open my own business. I'm gonna open my own business still. Oh, really? At heart. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. So you guys are going to like make that dream happen. I, I love that. And I, I, I actually follow a lot of people who have disabilities who are like, they have their own businesses. And I, I just think like it does so much good for the world to see you guys successful. Um, I love the idea of a cat cat cafe, so you can like have cats there and you can like eat and like pet cats. That sounds great. Yeah. Um, it would the um so like when I I um went to a cat cafe last year okay. and what I learned is like you can order some food um from the like cafe that works in with the um cat cafe. For me, I'm gonna have it like connected the cat cafe and the rest um the restaurant so are connected but separated at the same time so it doesn't go against health regulations or anything like that good for you girlfriend that's <laughs> fun so what outside of of like transitioning and like what do you what do you like to do besides cat videos um i like to watch theater like musicals and plays the last three years i um i um been in theater class and so like every like few months we would go to like a theater um a play at Everyman Theater which is in the downtown Baltimore it was very interesting to actually be able to go to that through that program because it was interesting and you could do different projects from the um play it was very um good for me to like learn how to be in a theater class and drama class and stuff like that. Oh, that's, yeah, that's cool. Brendan, have you done theater? Um, no. Well. But you are a performer. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Who, I think there's so many of you that are performers. Do you, are you a musical person, um, Pascal? And like, do you play instruments? Um, I am sort of a musical person. I used to play the xylophone when I was in elementary school. Okay. And I um did um some lessons with the bongos or something like that. But recently I have not um done anything really musically or uh bandishy. Bandish. But you like you probably love music, right? Are you a music yeah. lover? Yeah. 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 For sure. That's like one of the other things that we hear in our community, right? Is like, oh, every person with Williams syndrome loves to play an instrument. And that's yes. And Stella does. Um, but it's not just because you uh, like are a person with Williams syndrome doesn't mean you have to play an instrument. Like there's a lot of ways to take in music and have musicality. Tell us about like what you have gotten from theater that excites you. Um, I have learned how to interact with people more socially. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and I learned like how to um do different class um projects in theater because yeah. each um each like 
semester we would do something for um a play that we went to see at Everyman Theater. So it was um very interesting. But you also perform in the play, don't you? Oh yes, I did perform in a play and in um like a short like part of a musical too. Very um, cool. Last year. And the year before that, I um, was in a play, um, too. Any uh, favorite musicals? Um, I like um, my one of my favorite musicals is Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, yeah. yeah. A good one. I love that one, too. Yeah. The Lion King is like one of my favorite musicals. I, when I was uh, very pretty young, around like nine or ten, I went uh, down to New York, yeah. sat in the pit. And uh, got to see the whole show. It was really, really cool. That's cool. Yeah. Did we see the Lion King in New York? I saw it with you in New York, and then I saw it again here at the Hippodrome Theater with um, Auntie Jean. That's amazing. Yeah, I love I love music and theater productions as well. It's so it's so fun. So Pascal. Maybe you can share with us about your experience in having disability. Like how, how has it shaped you? How have you seen it shape your community? Your dad can answer this too, but I'll, I'll let you go first and then he can answer. Um, I'd be interested to just hear, like you said that there wasn't a lot of people at your public school with disability, but now you're kind of in a school that has more of that representation. For me, it's been both easy and hard. Um, for me, like, it's been really easy to understand, like, how certain people in, like, with learning disabilities act because I've seen, like, the very interesting way that people react, like, in classrooms. And, yeah, I feel like I have more, like, I can talk to more people at, Baltimore Law School than I did at um, Summit Park Elementary School because at Summit Park Elementary School it was like I don't know if I was the only one who had learning a learning disability but I really did not I wasn't very social at that time when I right. went was in elementary school. So now like what do your friendships look like? Do you feel like you have a good network of friends? Yes I feel like I have a great network of friends. Um, I actually met um, someone from elementary school that eventually came to Baltimore Lab School, okay. was, which was really cool. In how so? Because my friend who um, went to elementary school, she's a um, she's a grade younger than me. Okay. And I've known her like since like third or fourth grade, and yeah, that's how we reconnected. She came back. She went to Baltimore Lab School. How about you, Dad? So I think um, Pascal, she has a great personality, a bubbly personality. Yes. And she is always easy to connect with people. And she talks a lot. Sometimes we have to say, Pascal, especially around grownups, um, you have to let other people talk, you know. But, uh, she, you know, she's a joy. Now, the issue, you know, from, you know, from my, you know, from as a parent is that the friends that she makes, they're really, they're really not deep, you know, it's more high level, superficial, but Pascal, you know, is happy, so um, can't complain. In elementary school, she really did not make friends. You, you, 
you know, people, acquaintance, you know, go play playground, but it ain't go further than that. Um, in high school, it's a little bit uh, more where um, she goes to some house, homes, or they'll come here. But um, that's probably the biggest issue is really connecting uh, at a more deeper level than um, at, at the superficial level. Yeah. And you said that, Pascal, you like typically, or maybe Dad, you were saying it, that she prefers adults. Yes. She connects with adults a lot. Yeah. It is interesting, the preference for adults. I just like to think we're cooler, but I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, I I think, like, I connect more to people older than me sometimes. Okay. Just, just because, I don't know, sometimes I think it's harder to make friends with a certain same age as me just because my mind might be somewhere theirs might be different and it just you know it's interesting yeah i wonder and it's it's interesting brendan you kind of remind me like of an old soul in a sense like you know we'll say that to you and so there are those people out there that are just you know wise beyond their ears and that's why you connect with like an older population um pascal why do you think you prefer like the adults, comp- well, I mean, now you are an adult, so I mean, I'm just saying, like older, like older friends versus like kids your age. Ever since I went to Boston Law School, I've um, connected with people more my age, and okay. um, yeah, but I still have a friendship with people who are older than me. Feel like I connect with them sort of more than people um, my age. Think that has happened since middle school, maybe. So it's a little easier in her current school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the sense that, like, it's just, like, there's more people that you feel like are like-minded to you. Yes. Yeah. Are, do you get along with your siblings? I do. Okay. I really get along with my oldest brother. Okay. And do you want to give him a shout-out on here? He's probably going to listen. Hi, Alan Cito. <laughs> Wait, <it's Alan. laughs> Hi, Carson. <laughs> What's up, Carson? <laughs> Alan and Carson, those are your brothers? Yes. The Carson and Pascal, they're two years apart. Okay. And there's no difference between brothers, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. siblings with the sibling fighting and all <laughs> yeah. that goes with it. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, Phila and her sister are three years apart, and it's. I didn't know if it was because it was the same gender, like two girls, but I just feel like there's fighting all the time. And Stella and her sister definitely, and again, it might be the age, like they have a, they're not the best of friends, definitely not the best of friends. And so I'm hoping as they get older that (laughs) we can like change that or, you know, like turn it in a different direction because Oh, it is a challenge right now. It was, yes, it was very challenging. Probably um, when Pascal was in the ninth, tenth grade, we started. Okay. We started like, oh my gosh, they 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 actually like each other. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay, that's good. So ninth can, and tenth grade is when I can have. I can hope for that to happen. Oh, before it was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I, it was. I hope they get along. It was, it was always drama with me and Carson, but definitely not me and Alan. Uh, He's much older than you. Yes, but you you see what I'm saying? I'm trying to say, like, I connect more with him than Carson. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. Well, there is something about like, I can say for myself, like wisdom, right? Like I've learned as I've gotten older to let a lot of stuff go and, and not fight things. Um, yeah. even my own sibling, my own sibling, um, is two years. Well, yeah, two years younger than I am. And I think I still drive him nuts, but I am yeah. old and wise. So I, I have an older sister an older stepbrother. They're eight years Okay. Eight years older than me. Uh, and I'll be 37 in August. And did you get along with them well growing up? Um, you know, we had our ups and downs, but, um, you know, it's a lot different now because I'm much, I'm really close with my sister. Um, my stepbrother lives out in California, so I don't really get to see him and his family that much. Like, it's been six or seven years since I've seen them, probably longer than that. Um, but we talk, you know, um, we have a great relationship. I have his back. He has mine. So my sister and I, we're both musicians and we both play music together. So that like really brought us closer, especially like kind of professional level. Um, it's helped us both handle situations, you know, differently. And, you know, it took a while, but we got there. Family's family. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I, I kind of have a question for both you, Pascal, and both of you, Dad. Um, so since it is Black History Month, um, how, um, what is, what has your experience been as a, you know, a person of color with a disability, and, um, you know, being a father, uh, you know, who is a person of color to a person with a disability. You want to go first? Um, yeah. Um, it's been very interesting. Um, each year my school does like a Black History Month project, and I have learned a lot about um companies like in Baltimore City, um, like the Taharka Brothers. Um, I've learned a lot of history about African American and other people of color, and I think we're like actually recognized now than like way before uh like this time yeah um so i think for Pascal, you know this is my opinion um yeah. i think pascal she's her personality she i don't think she sees that yeah. um some some of the things that happened she her personality is just almost <laughs> i don't want to call it colorblind but Yes, um, I, you know, you, I do see it, and okay. as as a um, person in Baltimore, you we are surrounded by a lot of um, of the blacks, African Americans, um, but I think her schools is not. It's not really. Um, there's not a lot. Um, I would not say. a lot of diversity. Okay, there's not a lot of diversity there. Yeah, yes. Well, no. um, I mean, there is, and there's not at the same time. Like it, her elementary was not. She, yeah, probably she's probably five percent. But I think um, in her um, school, she is now. It's probably about twenty percent. Yeah, I mean, uh, there was probably about twenty percent. But from you know the question. To answer um, with disability, from my personal experience, I think in the the medical field, um, especially at the beginning, because her primary care had experience with um, people with Williams, you know, before, 
um, her, her physician, and he did not see it. Um, and going through the going through the process, even the geneticists had experience with it, and did not recognize, oh, this could be a possibility, um, which is, um, which makes you think, you know, was it um, the color or yeah. you know, I, I, it's not racism; it's just no. Um, just did not, yeah. <laughs> did not yeah. see it even though they have experience with it if, just from a family perspective or the way we work um in our, in our household even though um we experience racism we see it but um we make sure we don't let that take us down or dwell on it. It. we just move through it because if we do yeah. we're not gonna get anywhere right exactly um we have been in sessions um um, the WSA sessions where um, other families um, uh, who are African-American have taught, um, spoken about some trauma through the process. I mean, deep trauma, but um, from our family, we try to, we see it, but it's like, all right, let's move on. Let's we we try to ignore the, the fact that there might be some racism or other factors in it. Well, not, not ignore, but not ignore but like move through it like yes right i don't hear a lot about it in school because and i don't know if it's if you guys could talk about that like you were saying you your school has some diverse population but have you had any issues when it comes to getting things that you need pascal um no it's been like really easy for me to um like ask for help and ask like for accommodations okay. um at school at um Buffalo school it's been really easy for me to like okay. ask for extended time ask for um different things you know like um yeah, you seem like you seem like you're like a, a good self advocate for yourself. Like if you need something you're not afraid to ask. Yeah. Yes. So, her, so the school, yes, her school has been awesome. It, it was one of the best <laughs> things that we did putting at that school. They go above and beyond. Um, everybody's did to help. So yes, and talking about advocate, there's nobody that's a better advocate for themselves <laughs> than Pascal. She will. She need medication. She out of nowhere calling the doctors, calling them up like, "What are you doing?" You know, she she'll, she'll do things. Um, to advocate for herself. So yeah. she's great, even when I she was young. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And that's so important um, for a lot of different reasons. Do you guys feel like in the Williams Syndrome community that you are supported? Um, we do feel supported, but as uh, more, more so as a Williams um, family, um, someone with Williams Syndrome family um, than as um, African-American. Uh, because there, there's really not a lot of people with, um, as, especially with Williams that we know. Right. Yeah. Um, there's people that we met um, at some of the functions. Um, that's why we need to try to get more people to come to some of these functions, uh, more yeah. African Americans to come to these functions. Yeah. They're out there, right? I mean, there are yeah, families they're, they're out, out there. there. Out yeah. There. I mean, we need people to come to the conventions and like the, the walks so that they can feel like they're being supported too. Absolutely. So we've been, um, I think um, WSA have been trying um, to to 
have some program for diversity. Uh, yeah. But it's really going to where people are at. It, it's hard, right? If yeah. if just like in this day and age, a lot of people are using the internet to find about, um, you know, William syndrome. And yeah. as they do, I know in the past, and that, that's one of the things that we brought up to, to the leadership is in the past, when you went to the website, you didn't see anyone of color, right? Right. <laughs> um, but in the past um, four or five years, there's a there's been a big shift, which yeah. is great because when you when you look at you know pictures from the conventions, when you look at pictures on the website, and you don't see anybody that looks like you, uh, it's it's like, oh, is this for me? And I'm not just talking about African American. We're talking no, about I mean it's it's women, right? Women, I feel the same way. Yeah. So yeah, um, I think it's important to to at least make an effort um, when when you go online to see people that look, but it it's hard to find. That's right. That, that's the problem. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I mean, it's all about representation. When I first went on the website to look at Williams syndrome, I mean, everybody looks like my person, right? Because I have a blonde, yeah. blue-eyed person. But I think if I had um, anything different, it would have been much harder to see. I mean, I can see now, like, like I'm sure, like for you, um, Pascal, like I can, you know, you have a lot of the facial features and the personality, obviously, of somebody who has Williams syndrome. But if I if I wasn't around people with Williams syndrome, I wouldn't know that, right? So it's it's got to be hard for you because like you said there's not very many people who who share your same journey i feel like in in baltimore i there's not a lot of people of color who know that they have williams syndrome or got diagnosed with williams syndrome i know like some people but they're not like of color i through my mother's connections um not through me because there there's not like a broad population in maryland yeah yeah i'm just saying that um when she was going to middle school we were trying yeah. to find and it was it was one or the other right um either being a regular class yeah. or being classes um with people who are um not not on that borderline so it, it was, um, it it would have been hard if she would have went there. It, yeah. it would have been a struggle, or it would it, it would not be a right fit. So, yeah, and I mean, gosh, you're so lovely, Pascal, and you're so well, Dad, you are too. But, um, but Pascal, you're so lovely. I mean, it seems like you really do have a good network of support. So I I'm excited. Are we going to see you at convention? Yes, definitely. Yes, hey, can't wait to see you. Yeah, it'll be good. yeah. I, is there anything else as we like wrap up our time, Pascal, that you want to share with people, like whether it's about Williams syndrome or it's about anything you want? I don't know. <laughs> and that's okay. I don't know. That's cool. What about you, Gerald? Uh, what do it? So, so usually my wife does all these things. Um, uh, so so she, she does all the hard work and she was like you will do this <laughs> so here i am you're a good you man. A great job yes, yes. you did a great job well do you have anything you want to share 
I mean, because the dad perspective is really like we don't uh, oftentimes, I've probably said it on the podcast before, we hear from the moms, right? But like, and that's because we're moms are amazing and we love our kids to death, right? But so, so I know, you know, put, putting my dad hat on, I know my, uh, my wife, she is, she, she's a star that she takes care of, but she gets very emotional about these things. So it's my job to break it down, you know, <laughs> break it down. Let's think clearly, you know, it's, it's not, um, that people want to do X, Y, and Z. It's just, this is just how they operate and they don't understand Williams, um, that, um, that well. So you just have to go with the flow. So I think my job is really to provide support and try to keep everybody level-headed. Yes. I mean, yes, you're like the, the buffer. (laughs) The buffer. buffer. Yeah. I like that. That's a great, that's a great nickname for you. Um, well, thank you guys for joining us. This was fun. Um, and This has been the Starry-Eyed Podcast, presented by the Williams Syndrome Association. The show is hosted by Jennifer Keaton and Brendan Lemieux, and produced by me, Joel Listman. Theme song by Tommy Barbarella and Mariella Elm. Got a question for the show? Email us at podcast at williams-syndrome.org or message us at the Starry-Eyed Podcast page on Facebook. Video version of the podcast available on the Williams Syndrome Association channel on YouTube or on Facebook. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or comment on the video version and maybe it will be featured on a future episode. Make sure to like and subscribe to the Starry-Eyed Podcast wherever you get your podcast delights.